Philanthropy is all about giving to causes that matter to you the most, and by doing so, making a difference in the lives of others. But is this an activity that is reserved just for the super wealthy? Or is it possible for the average person to become a philanthropist? What cause tugs at your heart that you wish you could provide funding for? Is there a way, right now, to live your dream with purpose? These are the glaring questions this podcast will explore as we meet everyday people who are stepping up to begin living their philanthropic lifestyle. We'll hear about their cause, why it's important to them, as well as their vision for the future. So let's get inspired, motivated, and learn how we can step into the dream of living our best life with purpose. My name is Nancy Landa. Welcome to Cause Talk Radio. My guest today is a crypto enthusiast, entrepreneur, philanthropist, mom of a fabulous son, and Kane Corso mom. She is self-directed and a goal-driven executive with a comprehensive background in management, operations, and process improvements that enhance team performance to ensure success and achieve goals. It is my pleasure to introduce from Franklin, Tennessee, Ms. Michelle Whitby. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nancy. It is my pleasure to be on here today, and I'm humbled that you have asked me to come on here and, and be on your wonderful podcast. This is, this is exciting. Absolutely. I think so, too. Now, for anyone that doesn't know what a Cane Corso is, don't feel bad. I had to look it up. So, Michelle, can you please share what a Cane Corso is and how did you become a mom of one? Oh, yes. Okay. So, Diesel is a big brat, as we call him. Um, A Cane Corso is literally an Italian Mastiff. And so, um, I had, my husband and I have been married for 10 years now. And, and I always liked medium-sized dogs, and my husband's rather large, so he doesn't want like a small dog that he could possibly step on. So he wanted a big, massive dog, right? So we've got acreage here, and and he wanted a big dog that would be one a protector for me, and um, and he just he loved the he likes different things, right? So a lot of people don't know what they are, and um, but when they see them, they kind of get. Um, they think that they're a pit bull, but they're not a pit bull. They're a mastiff. So um, most people would know what a mastiff is, but he's about 140 pounds and um, and he's a brat. So as my son <laughs> says, he's, you know, they fight like they're brothers and it's rather funny. So, um, but he is a brat. So that's how we got involved with the Katie Corso and, and once you're a Katie Corso mom, I don't think you ever turn back either. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. So. Okay. So let's switch gears a little bit here. What was your life okay. like as a young child growing up? Sure. Um, so um, I, my mom became a single mom when my, and when I was in first grade, mm-hmm. when I was seven, my dad was diagnosed with uh, cancer And, um, you know, at that time I didn't really understand what cancer was. I just knew that one day my mom showed up at, at school and, um, and I knew that my life had been turned upside down and, you know, and and Nancy, it's funny because when things happen to you throughout your life, you don't really understand why is it that I really, during the month of October, I don't really like that month. Like it just, you know, I I never really went back and went, you know what, that's when we buried my dad. And so, um, and I subconsciously, you know, suppressed that. So, but my mom, my mom worked at a car dealership and that's what she had always done. And she had, um, she was that title clerk and the one that actually processed all the paperwork and did all that. And she was always such a strong person. And, um, 
So I had my mom's influence, but she also had a love for basketball. So I, I played basketball and, and did all those and did the sports and all that stuff. But so growing up was a little difficult because of the fact that my mom was a single mom and she didn't get married until I was in eighth grade. She didn't get remarried again. And then I have my brother and he's been a blessing um, because of the fact that I was older. He was like my child, right? So I mm -hmm. got to spoil him. Like I helped with her, with him, because at that point she was, she literally had gone uh, to work for a couple of different people. At that point she had come out of the car dealership and, um, and she was working um, at different jobs. So she worked for um, a country music artist for a while as her personal assistant. And so growing up to us, you know, our dreams were always one of those things that she told us to pursue. You know, it was, I did that whole thing, right, of let's go to school, let's go to college, let's do that whole thing of get an education, you know, put yourself in a box. Right. So would you say um, that your mom had the biggest influence on you as a child? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. My mom had the biggest influence over me. She, she was strong. She was independent and she always told me that we could do whatever. And, yeah. and it was, she never wanted me to be dependent on somebody. And, and it wasn't that she was dependent on anybody, but, and it wasn't that she was saying, don't be in a relationship, but she was saying, you know, you need to be able to do things on your own too. So don't right. be so dependent on everybody. So yes, she had the, she had the best influence of my, over my life. Yes. So when you were a teenager in high school, what dream did you have for your life at that time? <laughs> well, I literally, um, I, my dream was is to go to college, get a business um, degree with an accounting emphasis. And, and I, I found my love for numbers in high school. You know, that was always, math was always something I was strong with, but, um, I started doing, because it, you know, in high school, it's so different now, but when I was in high school, it was, you played sports, you didn't really find your career path in high school like you do now, right? They want mm -hmm. you to come into high school and they want you to figure out what you're doing. But when I was in high school, literally there was the accounting classes, the electives that you got to choose from. And I actually started out in accounting class and actually took an accounting class all the way through high school and knew that that's where I wanted to go into. Huh. But so, so that was my dream was literally to come out, be a CPA, maybe own my own firm, um, that type of thing. And, um, right. and go from there. So tell me about the time when you made the shift to entrepreneur. <laughs> Well, okay. So, so when I come out of college, I did, I went to work for an accounting firm and I went, it was a local lady that I had known all my life. When I went in for the interview, um, Melody was started laughing and she said, I can't believe you're here because her daughter and myself had went to college at the same time. And we were coming back to work at the law firm. I mean, law firm at the uh, CPA firm together. And um, we had actually stayed at the same babysitters. So literally I, so I kind of did that. Okay. But then I got, I was getting married and I had actually worked at Variety Jewelers um, here in Nashville. And I actually, they called me and they wanted me to come and take an accounting spot that they had open there. So I talked about it, ended up taking that position and then, you know, you get married and, but I actually went into the sales side of it because of the fact that I love people. 
And I quickly realized I really didn't want to sit behind the desk. So, um, so I became the, the manager at Variety Jewelers at their, at their corporate office. And um, from there, I literally, I, I got pregnant after I got married. And then, so when I had my son, um, I decided, you know, what, I really want to stay at home. And so at that point, we owned a, um, a cable company that we went in and we did all the new fiber optics. So that kind of tells you it was back in the 90s, right? Right, right. <laughs> so whenever I had my son. So, um, so um, we had a fiber optics company. I was taking care of the books at home. I was staying home with him. But then I decided I want to go back to work. Went back to work and got introduced to network marketing. And my very first company that I got introduced to, I went, this is where I no longer have anybody telling me what I'm worth. I, and so I quit my job, went full-time into network marketing and haven't looked back. And it was one of those things that, um, I, I get to help people. And that's what it was all about for me was, is, you know, a lot of people, their dreams die whenever they come out of high school because they either don't go to college and they take a job that they hate uh, or they go to college and they come out thinking that they're going to come out making lots of money. Mm-hmm. And then they settle for something other than what they, they really wanted to do. Right? right. And so, so now I get to share with them, you know what, I have a way for you to make some extra money on your part time. So work on your part time future and while you're earning a living. And so that's the reason why I got into entrepreneur side of it is because of the fact that I was in control. And, um, and I can make as much money as I wanted to make. And nobody told me what my worth was. Okay. So you, you had some time as a single mom yourself, right? Oh, I did. Yes, I did. Um, I actually married my high school sweetheart. Um, and then he had had a couple back surgeries, got addicted to pain pills. Mm -hmm. I, at this point we were owning our cable business, right? So he was getting up, leaving on Sunday he would leave it Sunday night and he would not come back until Fridays. And I was just oblivious to it. You know, I was staying at home with my son, taking care of him, taking care of the house. And when he was coming home on the weekends, he was sick. I thought it was his gallbladder. I had no idea. And then he'd come off the road and then quickly we lost everything because of drugs. Mm. I got a divorce, got my son out of that situation um, we sold off the remaining assets that we had and then um, and divided everything and, and we went our separate ways. And um, I was a single mom. So at that point, it was really important for me to be in control of what I was able to make. And so, so yeah, I, and I already, I had that in the back of my head, right? My mom always said, put your big girl panties on. That was her thing to say, (laughs) put your big girl panties on and get to work. And, you know, and you take control of the situation. So that's what I had to do. And was it a struggle? Absolutely. It was a struggle. Um, There was times that I just wanted to give up and just be like, okay. And, but then I met Chad and then our life all changed and everything. But, but yes, single parents have my heart because I know and I understand the struggles that they go through on a day-to-day basis. And the hardest part is asking somebody for help. Yeah. Yeah. It's very humbling when you get to that point. Yes, it very is. Yes, it is. So when you made the shift to entrepreneur and and started your network marketing business, was that before or after the demise of your marriage? It was before. 
So it was before mm -hmm, it did. So God had a plan, right? Absolutely. He had a plan and um, introduced me to something. And then, then literally whenever I got into that, um, into my very first company, then we, we, as a team made a decision to go to another company that was brand new and it was healthy chocolate mm -hmm. and who doesn't love chocolate. I know. No, I mean, right? so, and so it made a very easy transition, right? It was, except for my son, my son hated chocolate. So he was very upset that I had left the other company <laughs> because he loved their products. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, but yes, but other than that, um, it was an easy transition and, um, and it was a brand new company. So we had that, um, we had to really go to work because of the fact that it was, it was a brand new company and they were only in four States. So it wasn't a startup, but it was a startup. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Okay. Well, let's talk about your cause. Your cause is entitled extended an umbrella for rainy days for single parents. Obviously you have a deep desire to help single parents. What do you mean by extending an umbrella for rainy days? You know, Nancy, think about whenever we're at the grocery store, you know, and, and we come to that door, right? You may have gone in knowing it was going to rain, but you think, oh, I can get out of here without it raining, right? And, but, but you take that umbrella just in case. So I've taken my umbrella, but you left yours in the car. And so, so, and this is kind of how this is the easiest analogy that I can give to you, but we come, we both come to the door and we're getting ready to leave and we've got our grocery carts just full of groceries ready to go out. Right. But I have this big golf umbrella and you don't have anything. And it's pouring. And right. It's pouring. <laughs> Remember it's pouring and we're standing there going, do we really want to go out in this? And you're really going, I can't go out in this because I'm really going to get drenched. It's water, right? We all know it's just water, but still, it's kind of hard to ask for that person to help you. Right. So mm -hmm. if I just say, Hey, Nancy, let me help you get to the car and let me go get my groceries in and I'm going to help you get to your car and I'll extend my umbrella to you. So it's kind of like that whenever you're thinking about it, like right now, if I can extend an umbrella to a single mom, single dad that, doesn't want to ask for help, right? You're standing there and you're looking at the rain. You don't mm -hmm. want to go out in it, right? but you know, Hey, she's got this big golf umbrella. If she could just help me get to the car, then maybe, you know, it wouldn't be so bad. And so that's what I mean by that is, you know, it's the little things that we can do that can make the biggest difference yeah. for most people. And, so um, what struggles, and like I said, yeah, what, what struggles that single parents have will your cause help with? Give us some examples. Yeah, I'll give you some examples. So I have some friends that are teachers and um, and they can't give me names of people, right? Because of, I don't want to say HIPAA, but still it's sort of like HIPAA, right? It's their rights not to privacy. be known, but mm -hmm. yeah, the privacy side of it. So what I like to do is I like to tell them, hey, if you guys have single parents that's needing food, that's needing help with electric, you know, because usually they know a little bit more about the file, right? They can see mm -hmm. that type of thing. So they can give me ideas of maybe it's the electric bill, the water bill, or maybe it's, Hey, can we help them get a used car? Even like if we can, if I could work with another ministry to help get them a car or help them get food or backpacks in the fall, you know, yeah. whenever the kids are going back to school, you know, you get that big supply list. And let me just tell you, that's heartbreaking. If you're like, a single parent and you've got this big long list and you know that your child needs that 
and you're struggling to pay the bills right. and you're thinking, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? How am I going to get this pack of $50 or a hundred dollars? And then I got to buy school supplies, not only school supplies, but clothes and everything else. Mm-hmm. So if we can extend it during different periods that we know, then that would just give a little bit of relief for that family to where they don't have to really worry about that. Right. And another thing is, is sports. A lot of people that are single parents, that's one of the things that the kids miss out on is if there's not a program where they have um, any type of scholarships and that type of thing within those programs like football, basketball, soccer, and mm-hmm. all of that, because now, Hey, let's face it. When my son played, it was $75. Now it's like 150. Right. You know, for kids to play baseball. And so, and that doesn't sound like a lot whenever you're thinking about it, but for a single parent, that's a water bill or that's electric bill. And those are the very kids that could benefit so much from the sports because of a lack of a, a male, somebody, right. A male or even female or, or just having, just having somebody pick them up. Right. Just to have just that team wrap around them because it's like an extended family. Right. Um, Because that's what we always said about baseball. Baseball season was always a family reunion to us because we have been with these people, right? They start out when they're five and they go all the way through and play in sports together. And usually it's within the same, you're seeing the same group of families that's going to be going through it. So, yeah. But yeah. So, where will these recipients be located? Um, Currently, right now, I'm really focusing on, I live in Williamson County. And it is the 10th wealthiest county in the United States. And what's really sad is, is people here, they don't look inside this county because they think, oh, they don't need help here. But what happens here is these people get left and people don't reach out to these families here because they just assume that everybody in the county is wealthy. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. I've got a friend that we do like food distributions on the weekends and I'll go and help with that. And it's amazing when they have it here in Williamson County. In other counties, they'll have 500. I think last weekend they had a 1,000 cars lined up to get food. And um, she'll call me and say, hey, we we might have 30 people lined up to get food. And we've got 25,000 pounds of food to give away this weekend. Mm -hmm. And so literally, you know, people are... um, I, I guess your pride gets in your way some here in this county yeah. because yeah, embarrassed. It's a little embarrassing to want to go and ask for help. And and we have a lot of agencies that will help around here. It's just most of them don't realize that they're here and they think that they're for somebody else. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but, and it's hard to ask for help. And I, I've been there. I understand that. Right. Um, that's the last thing you want to do is say, Hey, could somebody help me with my electric bill or could somebody help me with my child's, you know, supplies or, or, or fees, you know, all the different activities in school. Now mm-hmm. you've got the lab fees and this fee and that fee and computer fees. And so, I mean, that stuff adds up fast for them. Yeah. Yearbook fees when they get into high school. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Cap and gowns, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, all that stuff, like you're seeing all these people that are taking, getting their pictures done for graduations and, or senior year. Right. So senior mm-hmm. years is full of of a whole bunch of stuff starting from breakfasts for seniors to all the way through. And, um, and that stuff, you know, I, I thank goodness didn't have to worry about that because at that point um, I was married again and that type of thing. But I, I did have that earlier. So I can't imagine like, you know, 
When you think about being a a senior high school and being invited to a prom, but you know the prom dress is going to cost a bit or the tuxedo. Oh, yeah. And there's so much more that we can do. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's the lovely thing is is I see this expanding even more. Um, Because, you know, your vision kind of starts out kind of small, right, of how many people you want to try to help each year and that type of thing. But um, when you expand it out and you start thinking about all the other expenses, like you just said, prom, mm-hmm. that's expensive. Even if you have a son, you've got the tuxedo rental and that type of thing. So, um, so yeah, it, it's just, it's really hard on them. Yeah, for sure. So when you think about a few years from now, what is your vision for the future of your cause? Oh gosh. You know, um, one of the things I love, love, love to do is Christmas time, right? Because, mm-hmm. and, and it seems like that's the time that everybody likes to give. But I would love to see that every month is like Christmas time. Yeah. That I have a group of people that we act like Christmas time is every month of the year. And these people are not just help just during that time frame. So I would love us seeing us helping a thousand uh, families a month to be able to do different things, whatever it is. But I, I don't want our people to ever know or the single parents to ever know where it came from. And I want it to be because, you know, um, I don't want to ever get to the point where we're getting credit for something, if that makes sense. Right. I just want to do it behind the scenes. And, um, because how fun is it? Like at Christmas, this is what we like to do. And I'll call ahead. We have a group of ladies that we do a Bible study with, and we didn't get to do it last year, but this is what we did the previous years. So let Nancy, let's just say that you're part of our, our ladies group. What we do is we, we go to each restaurant. We may have five restaurants and everybody may have, let's just say that there's five of us. Everybody will give a hundred dollars. So we're going to go to five restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to get a card. We're going to write a little note inside of it and tell them to have a Merry Christmas. But the first thing I'm going to do is I know what restaurants we're going to ahead of time. So I asked the man, I asked to speak to the manager and we asked to be seated in a single parent or somebody that's struggling that has kids and that could, or, you know, needs help. And so what we do is, is we go and we may have, we may go to, we went to Waffle House one year and we just had a cup of coffee and we left a hundred dollar tip. Do you know that lady come flying out? And she said, do you have no idea? And, and we were trying to leave before she saw us. Right. 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 So, and, and she come out there and she just had to share her story. And she said, do you have no idea what this is going to do for our family? And but you think about that, if you could do that, and, and a lot of times we get out of the restaurant before they, they see us. But of course, Waffle House, it was kind of hard to get out of because it's all right. glass all the way around, right? So they can right, see right. where you're at. But so, but, uh, but it, it's just a, you know, it, that what lady you're probably, doing for them. She probably felt like she just won the lottery. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, all we had was a cup of coffee. And we right. sat there and talked and we just fellowship together and we talked to her. So we got to talk to her a little bit. So she kind of, kind of got to know us a little bit because it wasn't real busy in there at the time. So she got to know us just a little bit and then we left and then she read the card and then she came out and shared her story even more. And Oh, it was just, it was, it's one of those things that, yeah, it's just, 
the feeling that it leaves you with knowing that you made a difference in somebody's life is absolutely amazing. And I want that every month for people, not just one month out of the year or two months out of the year. You know, it seems like it starts in November, but you know, can you imagine if you could go like we have this happen here a lot and I'm sure you've heard it happen, but we had kid rock because we live, you know, he lives around here, but um, he went in and paid off all the layaways in Walmart. Can you imagine being able to do that? Like, that is cool. I, I mean, you think about that. That's just, that's something that I would love to be able to do is go in there and just say, hey, let me pay off all these layaways. Because you know that those people have put those things on layaway that's going to make a difference for Christmas for their family, but they mm-hmm. know that they've got to take the time to pay it. And they may be struggling up until that last day to pay that last payment. Right. But if you could go make a difference and then walk in and know that their layaways paid off. Wow. And just not ever know who it did it. Right, right. I just think that would be way cool. Yeah, it would. That's a great idea. Mm -hmm. So there are many choices today for fundraising online. Why did you choose Up to Give to fund your cause? Great question. Um, Well, Nancy, I literally, let let me just say this. When I got involved with Up to Give or whenever I got that phone call to look at Up to Give, right? First of all, the name wasn't even there yet. I had to sign an NDA. And um, and when I signed that NDA, I was telling Peter, my friend that called me about it, I said, you know, Peter, I'm just going to tell you, I'll listen to this, but I'm never going to do this. And he <laughs> said, Michelle, just please listen to it. And But you have to understand, I was also at a point in my life where I had never had depression. My mom had just went to heaven in September. Remember, she was my biggest influence in my life. And so, you know, my best friend. Mm. My best friend had just left me. She was my first phone call in the mornings. I'm sorry. Um, That's great. uh, She was my first phone call in the morning. And she literally was my rock. And so I was at a point where I'd had a software development company too. I had, I I had several things that was going on that I just, when literally when she got sick in February, Chad looked at me and said, you take care of her. That's your focus right now. And so literally from, from February to September, it was doctor's appointments, scans, treatments, all kinds of stuff. And, and we had a great time together and I stayed with her and, and everything, but I just lost myself yeah. to be quite honest with you. So I listened to Jerry and, and I got the pleasure of listening to him and um, I give his presentation and share his vision. Right. Mm-hmm. So what you don't know is, is I had actually been in the crypto space and literally we had been working on a project for two years over in Ghana, Africa. It was an ICO. An ICO is an initial coin offering. We were going to bank the unbanked over there. We were giving yeah. people hope. And so, so literally, I, um, we, we had our project fall flat on its face. We had spent millions of dollars getting it developed out. We had a contract with that the president had signed over there. Never received a dime. So we had to pull out because we had spent tons of money. tons of money and so so when I heard Jerry start sharing his vision and him sharing 
we're going to, you know, have education. We're going to be banking the unbanked. And, you know, and he started going. And when he said banking the unbanked, he grabbed my attention immediately. And I was like, okay, now I, I think you've got my heart now because, you know, this is something I'm all about. I almost give to default, Nancy. And my husband tells me that all the time <laughs> that I need to back off. I, I need to say no sometimes, but I have no ba- boundaries sometimes with that stuff. And I, I've learned that. I've learned to do, do better with that. But um, so when he started talking about banking the unbanked, and at this point, you know, Ooh la la was not on board with us yet. We didn't know how we were going to, well, I didn't know how we were going to bank the bank, but he had my attention and he gave me hope. He gave me my desire back and he gave me up to give was one of those things. When Jerry said, I want you to envision this. You have Facebook. Everybody knows what Facebook is. They tell their story, whether it's true or not. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It could be, it could be totally false, but they tell their story. However, they want their story to be out there. And then you have, you have um, GoFundMe. Well, I've dealt with GoFundMe because of the fact of our projects. We had different things that was going on there. And he said, if we can marry those two companies together, you've got up to give. When he said that, I was like, this is going to be a household name. Yeah, I've got to be a part of this. And so, so then I got to thinking about, you know, what's my cause going to be? And, but what's near and dear to my heart is my single parent. And yeah. so that's the whole reason because a lot of people, they don't realize with GoFundMe, you know, the fees that are involved and that, that it goes straight to them and then they're in control of your money when you get it. But I had had, had families that literally I had a friend that they knew that their child was going to die or go to heaven. I, I don't like the word die. So let's go to heaven either during the birthing canal coming through or she was going to go to heaven whenever she was born minutes afterwards. Right. Well, this family already knew this. So they're trying to prepare. They needed, they had some other small children. So they were asking for donations. They put their whole story on GoFundMe and um, they raised the money for the funeral. Right. So everything mm-hmm. was taken care of. The week that she gave birth and their little angel went to heaven, GoFundMe decided that it was fraudulent. So they sent all the money back to all the donors. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like a dagger to my heart because I was thinking, oh, my gosh, this family is dealing with what is about to happen with them. And and that just happened to them. Now they've got to go back and ask for people again. And it just broke my heart for them and so if we can keep stuff from that like that happening to where I mean they already have this heartache but and take out all the fees and let people you know have their their causes up all the time that's what brought me here because you know what now people in in Ghana that we were helping with our project now we can go back to them and give them their hope back again so that's what up to give is to me is pure hope Absolutely. Yeah. So, so why are you so enthusiastic about cryptocurrency? Oh my gosh. Well, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, your grandparents instill a whole lot into you, right? Mm -hmm. My grandfather was always one to say he didn't trust the banks and he always kept his cash at home, right? He would never go deposit his money into the bank. And, you know, as you start learning more and more about the banking system, 
and um, reading about it and that type of thing. And I've also been in the crypto space. So I actually have gotten to meet a lot of people like, um, and I'm not going to drop any names on here, but I will just tell you that, you know, when, when you get involved in the crypto space, they're all about helping each other. And one thing that we saw, you know, you think about competition in retail space or in, in just competition period, right? Right. Let, let's just talk about cable. You know, I was in that. So we've got, we've got Comcast, we've got AT&T, we have all these companies and they're constantly trying to undercut each other. Right. Mm-hmm. In the crypto space, everybody's helping everybody. Like when we were working on that project, we had people that was the writer of Ethereum helping us with the writing of ours, was helping us with the tokenomics side of it. So I love the fact that we removed that middleman because as we were doing stuff, let's just say I was going to the bank to send money overseas. What's the yeah. first thing that they ask for? They ask for your driver's license, they ask for all this information, and they treat you like you're a criminal, right? right? Like you're doing something wrong. And all I was doing was trying to pay our people there. And so crypto removes that middle person. And now all of a sudden, Nancy, if I want to go buy a car from you, I don't have to fill out all this paperwork to say that, yes, I'm sending Nancy money, and the government doesn't need to be involved in that. Right. So it's a you know, the decentralization of it and removing the government and giving the wealth back to the people is the reason why I got involved with that. Plus that whole space is just beautiful because everybody helps everybody and nobody's out there to undercut anybody. Right. And I love that. Well, I mean, if you, somebody tries to send a friend or family member money through like Western union, those fees uh, are astronomical. Yes, 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 they are. It's ridiculous. So, and and here's the thing, they're just out to make the money. They're not out, they're not worried about people actually getting their money or they make it easier. Right. And, um, and so it's all about the business and that's not what crypto is about. It's not at all. And so that's the reason why I try to tell everybody, every time I'm talking to somebody, I tell them, learn about Bitcoin, learn about the blockchain, learn about crypto. Educate yourself right now. And we say this every morning on our coffee and crypto talk. Right. Education's key. Education's everything. And that's what one of our dear friends says on his podcast. And it's so or so true. But mm-hmm. and and so we've added that in there because education is everything whenever it comes to the crypto space because the government doesn't want us to know about it. Right. So educate yourself. So what do you believe, what do you believe is the future of cryptocurrency? I think the future of cryptocurrency is at some point it's going to go mainstream and it's going to go mainstream probably, you know, just a couple of years ago when Bitcoin hit $20,000, right? Right. Bitcoin. Um, what happened? Media started blowing it up. And, and, and here's the thing. Most people listen to the news because they think the news is telling them the truth and they're, they're telling them. But what they don't realize is, is these people that are in control of the networks tells them what to say. Right. And so the last thing they want is for people to be educated and people to have wealth. So because if they can do that, they can keep us suppressed, right? right. So if they can keep us suppressed to where you're dependent on them, then all of a sudden, then you're in their control. Right. And so, 
So I think crypto, I, I, here's what I think is really going to happen with the banking system. The banking system is going to come out with a digital currency, whatever that currency is. We know that Ripple's already doing some stuff with Bank of America. We know that Bank of America is using it for transactions. We, I mean, Ripple has got all kind. They probably got I think 350 or or 300 at least um, partnerships already. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's not. A cryptocurrency, though, it's a digital currency. What's and the that's difference? What people have to understand. Well, that um, with a digital currency, um, you it removes the middleman, right? There's nobody there that's in control of it. A digital currency would be a currency sort of like what we're already on right now with the dollar, right? So the dollar, they made it pretty much digital. Not a lot of people carry the currency around anymore. It's your debit card, right? Right. So Ripple can be used the exact same way. It runs really fast. It moves within just a few minutes. And um, but if the bank puts that out, let's just say it's at Bank of America right now. Right. Right. That all they're going to do is take the USD and turn it into Ripple. They can print as much as they want of that still yet. A cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Bitcoin, there's only 21 million Bitcoin in the world. Now, when all of that is put out there, and, and which it's not all out yet, and it probably won't be all out until like, I think there's, they're saying 2047 or something like that. Right. Um, and we could get into the mining side of it, but that's just going to get into a whole lot other stuff that people aren't going to understand if they're not in the crypto space. But just know cryptocurrency is a decentralized currency. And what I mean, that means that you can go peer to peer. So Nancy, I can send it directly to you without having the bank involved because you have a wallet on your phone and I have a wallet on my phone and I transfer straight to you. A digital currency would be, I still have a bank account and I'm going to have to go, I might be able to transfer it from me to you, but it's going to go from a bank account to a bank account and the, and the government's still going to be involved. Right. So um, that's, yeah. So if we can remove that middleman, then we're in control of it. And that's the reason why they don't like cryptocurrency is because they didn't develop it and they have no control over it and they can't print more of it. Right. Right. <laughs> so we know how they do with the dollar. If the Fed wants to print out more dollars or, or let's just say the government's need more money, the Fed prints it out. And it's amazing to me that people don't realize that the Fed is not, uh, it's not owned by the government. It's, you talk about the Federal Reserve, right? Yes, the Federal mm -hmm. Reserve. Mm -hmm. It's amazing that people don't realize that that's a corporation that stands alone by itself, and the and the U.S. has its own corporation, right? So, two separate entities. Wow. Michelle, I want to thank you for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to join me today on Cause Talk Radio. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we go? No, Nancy, I just want to say thank you. Um, thank you for allowing me to come on here. It has been an absolute pleasure um, getting to know you a little bit more. And I know that we're going to get to spend some more time together. And um, But yes, just, you know, I, I just want to thank you because oh, this is absolutely welcome. amazing. And, Yes. Would you be willing to come back on the show in a few months and provide an update on how your cause is doing? Oh, absolutely. I would love to. Awesome. 
Well, thank you again. Well, folks, if Michelle has inspired you today and you'd like to either contribute any amount to her cause or maybe you'd like to start your very own cause, listen carefully when the music starts so you'll know exactly what to do. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and were inspired by the content that was presented. Don't forget to click the subscribe button so you'll be notified as soon as new episodes are available. For more information about anything on today's show, head on over to causetalkradio.com. Click on the podcast link where you'll find all the information covered on today's podcast, including links for easy navigation.